From the newsroom of Impact Alpha, I'm Brian Walsh, and this is your Impact Briefing for Friday, June 25th. Today, I'm joined by Impact Alpha's David Bank to talk about reimagining capitalism. Hi, David. Hey, Brian. Thanks for having me back. Uh, we're going to hear as well from the Reverend William Barber and Policy Link's Mahalat Gatacho, as well as Chris Jurgens from Omidyar Network our partner in this Capitalism Reimagined project. And you'll tell us about the Agents of Impact call coming up this Tuesday, June 29th, right? Sure will. Great. But first, here's what you need to know from the week in impact investing. Public benefit corporations are testing the waters of the public stock market. Before 2020, only one public benefit corporation was publicly traded. A dozen have gone public in the last 18 months. To be seen, Will public market investors reward companies that actually put stakeholders into their corporate charters? Rockefeller and IKEA foundations each promised $500 million for a new fund to boost off-grid renewable energy in energy-poor communities across the globe. The two foundations are aiming to mobilize $10 billion by the time of the Global Climate Conference in Glasgow this November, and $20 billion by the year 2030. They've already got two more commitments of $2 billion each. It's the largest single grant in Rockefeller Foundation's 108-year history. Engine number one is building on its surprisingly successful push to shake up the board at ExxonMobil. The activist hedge fund this week launched an exchange-traded fund, or ETF. The holdings will be 500 standard-issue large-cap companies, but engine number one will attempt to drive impact through activist campaigns and active proxy voting, something to which engine number one can stake a claim. The ETF's ticker, V-O-T-E. And Google for Startups' second $5 million Black Founders Fund will provide $100,000 each to 50 Black founders. A record 306 venture investments has boosted the share of U.S. venture capital funding going to Black founders this year, all the way from 1% to 1.4%. And electric vehicles as a service is a thing. Spring Lane Capital invested $20 million in seven generation capital in Vancouver. The firm builds out EV charging and leasing infrastructure for commercial fleet operators. Think electric delivery vehicles and garbage trucks. Now it's time for our featured conversation. Hi again, David. Now, what's all this talk about capitalism reimagined? Yes, Brian, Impact Alpha has been all over that this week. We're getting ready for next week's call in partnership with Omidyar Network. They've made reimagining capitalism one of their major strategies. It's a fancy way to talk about challenges that are familiar to Impact Alpha readers and probably listeners to this podcast. How to make markets work better for communities, for workers, for the environment. Capitalism is a powerful optimization engine. We just need to tweak what we're optimizing for. It sounds like you're talking about stakeholders. Well, that's become kind of the shorthand for this shift away from what some people call neoliberalism. If you don't want to get all poli-sci about it, we can just say the era of shareholder primacy may be coming to an end. And we're in the process of revaluing workers and communities and customers and even the planet's stakeholders, as you say. We had a good chat with Omidyar Network's Chris Jurgens the other day. We think shareholder primacy has served as a as a, a veritable engine of the inequality, which we see today. I mean, we have an economy today where 40% of Americans can't afford an unexpected $400 expense, where the average grocery store worker makes $11 an hour. The average home care worker makes $27,000 a year. In the same economy over the last year, 
billionaires increased their net worth by $1.3 trillion. And that's linked to an economy that judges its success on stock market performance. We, we talk about stock market performance being good to, for the economy, but we fail to make the connection that 84% of stock are owned by the top 10% of uh, the wealth distribution, and that black households uh, own only 1.5% of equity value. So if you're optimizing your economy to generate returns to shareholders, and only you know half of Americans uh, and a third of, of black and brown households own, own stocks, by, by definition, you're, you're putting the forces of inequality on, on steroids. Now, David, Impact Alpha rounded up a number of policy ideas to empower workers. So what's on the table? Yeah, workers are probably first among the stakeholders or, or maybe the stakeholders whose power is most out of whack. It really comes down to power, the share of companies' profits that go to workers versus go to investors. I joked on Twitter this week that Impact Alpha is targeting the huge number of investors who believe that super empowered workers are just the thing that capitalism needs right now. On the call, we're going to have Leo Strine. He's the former chief justice in Delaware, which you know is the headquarters for most U.S. corporations. So he's helped write a lot of corporate law. And he's calling for board compensation committees to take responsibility not only for CEO compensation, which has, you, you know, has soared to stratospheric levels, but also for establishing equitable compensation across the company. So this is really digging into the S in ESG. It usually stands for social, and that's been a hard thing to measure much less reform. Yeah, we've been playing with that S for social, S for stakeholders, um, S is for systems change. Um, I thought the one I like best is S is for share the wealth. And when you get down to it, it's also about the racial wealth gap. We've really got to solve for systemic racism if we're going to reimagine capitalism. Here's how Reverend Barber put it in kicking off his poor people's campaign for what he's calling the third reconstruction. He's really calling for multiracial solidarity uh, effectively on class lines. They do not want us to connect voting rights to blocking living wages, to blocking infrastructure, to blocking health. See, they want us to fight in silos. But America has never moved forward without fusion coalitions. That's what it took in the first reconstruction. That's what it's going to take in the second reconstruction. And that's what it's going to take in the third reconstruction. I had folk tell me, you ain't going to get no black and white folk to come together in West Virginia. They just foolish. They don't even know who we are. And so, David, business is going to get on board with this campaign? Well, we'll see. For starters, a lot of business leaders, as you know, have made quite explicit racial justice pledges in the last year, particularly in the wake of the protests after the murder of George Floyd. But second, many business leaders themselves recognize that capitalism needs a reset. It's kind of analogous to the 1930s um, when the New Deal rewrote the social contract both because of bottom-up demand for change at the time, but also because business itself needed a new paradigm. And we're, we're at this similar kind of juncture, not only with the pandemic, climate change, but demographic change, automation, and all the rest. I think it was Lenin or somebody who said that transformative changes, I think he called it revolution, happens not only when the new system is ready to be born, but when the old system can't go on. We're looking forward to hearing on the call from the, the team at PolicyLink. They've really been thinking through this role of business. Here's Mahalet Gatacho. The business community has unparalleled resources and skills sitting right on the table, all within reach to bring about the racial and economic equity we all want. On an annual basis, the nonprofit sector has $1 trillion to address social issues, and our government has $3 trillion. Meanwhile, the private sector has $22 trillion in resources annually. 
On top of that, business leaders possess unique skills in shifting our legal and regulatory frameworks to their will. When CEOs speak, whether with their dollars or their voices, our politicians and lawmakers invariably listen. Those skills, ably directed and wielded, could unlock the public policy wins we need to finally achieve racial and economic equity. All right, so we'll be tuning into the call. Again, that's this Tuesday, June 29th. How can folks join in? You can see the link to RSVP in the brief and and all over the site. That's great. Well, we look forward to that call. And that's going to do it for your Impact Briefing this week. More all day, every day at impactalpha.com. Subscribe to get full access to the site and the daily brief. Podcast listeners get $100 off their first subscription. Go to impactalpha.com slash subscribe and use the code briefing100. Thank you for listening. And thanks to our producer, Isaac Silk, who celebrated a birthday yesterday. I'm Brian Walsh with a new role. I'm now head of sustainability for the capital markets firm TPICAP, which earlier this year acquired my previous firm, LiquidNet. Until next time, take good care.